tonight's episode of Board Chitless is sponsored by The Game Steward. The Game Steward is an online game store offering Kickstarter board games out of print and imported games at reasonable prices. It's time to play. Hey there, chitheads, and welcome back to another episode of Board Chitless. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by Dave, Tristan, and Jackie. And this week we've been playing A Distant Plane, Insurgency in Ga- Afghanistan. It's a coin game. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Volume three. <laughs> a Distant Plane in Surgeting Afghanistan is a coin game by Volke Rumke and Brian Train, and it's volume three in the coin series. So, coin being counterinsurgency. Yeah, in this particular game, you play one of four factions. So you can be the coalition forces, the warlords the um, Taliban or the Afghani government and you're each just fighting in order to try and get control of the area but for slightly different reasons. What did everyone think of this one? Yeah, this is my first time playing a coin game. Um, I think Cuba Libre is the first. I think Atlantean uh, Abyss was the... Uh, not Atlantean Abyss, Atlantean Abyss. Wow, Andean Abyss, Andean Abyss. Uh, was the first. Uh, but I think Cuba Libre is sort of thought of as the sort of entry into the system. Right, yeah. I've yeah. not played it, but... Um, I was playing the Taliban and it's all right. It's all right. It's um real brain burner. I always feel extremely exhausted after we played it because it's just like, what's going on? Because not only do you have to keep in check with what you're supposed to be doing, you have to keep check of what everyone else is doing and yeah. what they're scoring and what you think they're going to do next and where in turn you're going to be next and is it worth doing this? Is it worth doing that? And it was, like I said to you, I think it was the second hardest game I've played so far. Well, it's the first war game you've played. Yes. And it is quite complex, so I think you've... Uh... I think um, I wasn't expecting you to even like it, to be honest. I, I didn't not like it, but it's, um, yeah, it would just, it's not really something I would usually pick, basically. Um, but I, I, like I said, I didn't not like it. I did enjoy playing it and I enjoyed giving my brain a good exercise. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. Yeah, I'd agree with Jackie on that one. It's not the most straightforward game to pick up on. There's, everyone's got completely different set of rules, it seems, at times. You need to know what everybody else's uh, mechanics are doing in order to keep up with how they're scoring and how you're going to score off that. Some faction um, activities kind of help you in what you're trying to do. And then some of them hinder you. So the coalition and the Afghani forces, um, sometimes they place down support, which can it can both kind of riff off each other. Is it worth talking about the different factions you can be? Yeah, Have we covered that. Go for it. Well, I'm, I just I literally just named them, <laughs> but they didn't really go into it. So, else other than that. So it's four factions in the game. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, Dave. Um, but you play all of them every game, no matter how how many players. Is that yeah, right? yeah, there's a there's an AI system, which I don't think we're not going to touch on too much. I've messed with it. It was clunky enough for me to sort of, it wasn't fun. It was just really like mathematical. So I just, when I, when I tried it solo, 
Um, I played a few turns just with every faction. So that's you against three bots. And is that yeah. like, that's the standard though, isn't it? You have to sort of play against all three, I think. Yeah, and it just... I mean, I fell out of love with AI systems anyway, as you know, in the last sort of few months. Um, but this one was just really clunky. It was just like following um, flow charts. But the, the reason you have to play as four factions is because they're all sort of essential to the gameplay. Yeah. So there's the Americans coming in and trying to <laughs> cause chaos, basically. There's the local population, which is the warlords that Lecky played as. There's the Taliban who are fighting for their own agenda. And then there's the sort of puppet government that the Americans have installed that are trying to sort of bring some semblance of order to it whilst being undermined by the um, all the other factions at the same time. So... Um, it's already, obviously, it's a hugely complex conflict to capture. And I think probably a game of this magnitude is required to even address it. And I think there is a lot to enjoy in this. Um, but I think you'd have to play it a lot of times to sort of really crack the nut on that. Um, yeah. I've played Labyrinth before this, and it's one of my favourite games probably actually it's probably definitely one of my favorite solo games um, but it didn't feel like much of a sort of training um mission compared to this like starting this is like pressing the reset button and trying to relearn it all from scratch because it's similar systems and you recognize the pieces and that but um your objectives throughout the game and everything coupled with the fact that you've now got four factions uh, really sort of blows your head <laughs> yeah i mean as a war game everyone's up against each other but it's the first game I've played where someone just taking their turn just simply with the motivation of going out to score points for them can really mess you over like quite massively. Um, so the game it, at the start probably doesn't happen so much, but towards the end it certainly was swinging here and there. And it took a lot of concentration and an awful lot of um, willpower in order to stop everything kind of slipping out of your grasp. Um, yeah, it was just absolutely incredible and i just got a massive brain fog now <laughs> <laughs> so like each faction has about is it four different actions they can play each turn yeah it's, it's, it's quite like the complexity comes in options doesn't it from yeah. turn to turn and um and and a lot of the complexity comes like you said from the interplay between the factions because they do all riff off each other so the the coalition base it essentially wants support for the the puppet government it wants the people to love the government and then they want to get out of of the country which they've been still trying to do so um yeah that's the win objective that's the win objective is is to is to uh, get support for their puppet government and get out the government doesn't care about support they just i mean it's kind of a cynical view of the, of the <laughs> afghan national army really but they, they want control of the population um so the directly opposed to the coalition is the taliban yeah um, and they want the population to not support the government they want them to support the taliban and oppose the government so already there's like every time the the taliban takes control of a population sort of hearts and minds that's a direct impact on the coalition player and vice versa. Um, meanwhile, with the government wanting control of the countryside, that's in direct opposition with the warlords, who they just want they just want sort of anarchy in a way, really. They just don't want anyone to control the country. So they're directly opposed. Meanwhile, the, the government and the, the coalition player are using the same pool of resources. The coalition's spending all the, the government's resources... Um, everything just everything is just like everything you do has an impact on everybody else yeah yeah and it's um it, it's a it's a direct impact to the point where you can 
you can scupper somebody else quite yeah. severely. Um, it, it's essentially an area control game kind of thing. You're, you're working towards controlling different areas and gathering points and stuff. Um, but a glance at the board covered in cubes of one colour or another doesn't always give an accurate picture of the situation. You could have all yeah. of your cubes down in play and actually be floundering. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a lot of... Um, interesting sort of plays on that for example as the government i had like the most units as it were like the police and the army and stuff and at points they were all on the board but actually that can that can tie you up um and because the coalition's placing your own troops down that can put you in a position where you sort of lose control and those resources are being spent from underneath you and then with the uh, with the taliban movements you had your own set of activities going on and your own conflicts where you were taking resources from the warlords and then the, then the warlords have their own thing so the like the the network that it creates is is chaos really it's it's a hugely complex like map we've got yeah. we'll put a photo up in in the description but uh, if you've not played a game like this just looking at it sort of makes your brain melt a little bit um it is um it is um it's not as I think it will get clearer the more you play it. Oh, for sure, yeah. But for an area control game, you only it only takes one underground Taliban guerrilla to really throw a wrench in. It doesn't matter how many army units you've got on a on a place. If you get one Taliban guerrilla unnoticed underground, yeah, it can scupper everything. Similarly, you could airstrike a whole bunch of like a Taliban off the map, yeah. or the warlords can suborn, which is sort of corrupt the government, and then they all disappear. And also the government really can wipe out the warlords. Yeah, yeah, no. So it's, there are, you know, for everything, there's um, a, an equal and opposite reaction that you can use if you deploy it at the right time. Definitely. Yeah, it felt like the only simplest uh, group to play in the game was the Taliban because they only wanted one thing and that was just complete control of everywhere. And the only way they're going to get that is basically through Sharia and through terror. So I would just go out Anywhere that anywhere, like the warlords, the coalition, inflict terror, always have one in Kabul just to annoy you. So you were always having to do sweeps, make you miss a turn. And then places I took control of just forced Sharia law and that that, that would be under my control. And then the victory points would just start racking up really quickly if yeah, it went unchecked. Really, yeah. Yeah. And it was just so fast. It happened so quickly. But then you think, oh, I'm ahead now. And then someone will just move in. I think it was Lecky, the warlords moved in. Yeah. And they just basically just wiped out that control because you were there in the area. That was it. It was like you didn't even have to do anything. You just took the place just by yeah. turning up. You, you, make, you make it sound easy, but it took me about three <laughs> turns to orchestrate that. But um, one of the cool things about the game is that the layout of the board, it's broken up into certain areas in Afghanistan, but it's also weighted by population. So... The motivation of the warlords is they want to have as many uncontrolled areas with as high a population as possible. Um, so whenever there was a population with one or two and someone took it, I threw some warlord guerrillas in there and just made sure there was enough of a presence in order to equalize it so it became unstable and then moved on to the next one. Um, but what Jackie's, because Jackie's um, Taliban just wanted to move in and control areas regardless of population. There was a few like mountainous areas and a few areas in the plains where the population was zero. So the government weren't doing anything about trying to control those areas and the warlords didn't care because there was nobody in there. So there's about six areas where Jackie, if she wanted to hold on to it, could pretty easily. 
And it'd take quite a lot of effort from one of us to try and take those back away from her because we didn't want it in the first place. But now all of a sudden to stop her winning, we have to do something about it. So there's all these like difficult decisions you have to make. And if if you're lazy with this game, it's going to punish you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you leave the Taliban unchecked or even the warlords unchecked... It, it just goes out of control. There, so. were a few time, there was a few times I definitely thought Lecky was going to win because he he, yeah. he just yeah, had like so the countryside, yeah, <laughs> countryside was just full of, of uh, these warlords I mean, and, and they, they also need to get resources to win. They need to make money because the warlords are basically selling drugs, they're trafficking drugs. Um, and so one of the win- victory conditions for the warlords is to just make money and Lecky's resources were just high. Yeah. And like probably about halfway through our game, they just stayed high, like around where he needed. Yeah. So I just thought he was going to win any minute. I think it's also because that area where the warlords dominated in the north, it was really difficult to get to, especially for me. And I was just like, should I bother? Yeah. Should I just stay where I know I can easily just control the population down here? Yeah. So it's a lot of, you know, do I have the resources? Do I have the time? You know, should I just concentrate on the coalition? It's a big, big juggling act. And if you get it wrong, even slightly on one turn that's it you basically ruined for the whole until the propaganda comes around again basically i I, think i don't know there was a couple of turns where i thought i probably made a few mistakes we were quite easy on each other there was a couple of retcons allowed to go through mainly to me because i'd forgotten to pick up a gorilla here and there um but it seemed like if i had kind of made it not done um, a turn as optimum as i maybe should have then two turns later i kind of i was able to kind of rectify it a little bit it didn't help me at all. Um, you know, you're still trying to make up for lost ground, but it didn't seem like I was completely played my way out of it. Yeah, yeah. I think, because we were talking about it being quite swingy, weren't we? But yeah. I think you can fight your way back. For the most part, I think the government has the hardest time with that. If The, the government and the, the coalition share resources, so they're kind of trying to spend the resources before the other. And every propaganda round, and there's six propaganda rounds in a full-length game, um, and the cards are sort of distributed, so sort of you're getting like one sixth of the way through the event deck. You'll come across a propaganda card, and you get a resource boost at these points. Um, so you're trying to spend the resources and spread them out over that. It's called a campaign in the game. Um, you're trying to spread it out over that. But the first couple of um, campaigns that we did in in tonight's game, resources were spent really quickly, and then Tristan as the government was just floundering, passing, just to get resources. And then I was spending them when I got a turn. Because the coalition, it's America. It's not, I mean, it doesn't need to spend resources to move troops and stuff. It's made of money. Um, So it wasn't an issue for me. But for Tristan, it became an issue towards the end of every campaign as the the, uh, government was running out of funding. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to play it again as a different faction, just to overcome that sense of miss a turn, which... um, I get that, you know, obviously they're sharing the resources and the way that that's implemented is very clever and it sort of maps out an idea of how that might be in real life. Uh, but from a gameplay perspective, um, I think in Labyrinth, you have a, a hand of cards and you always are able to do something. You're always able to choose an op or an event and you're always and, and you're juggling how much it's going to benefit the player you're fighting against. You know, you can do a cool up, but it might give them a crazy event that they can use against you. Uh, whereas, and I don't think this will mirror any of the other three factions in this, as the government specifically, there were so many misaturn elements where I, the, no matter how I'd planned the game, it wouldn't have taken that away. And if I 
so it got to the point where I was trying to blast through resources quickly so because I knew you were going to tear them up anyway. Um, and then, of course, once they're gone, they're gone. And that's it. So you, like you say, you're floundering for the rest of that campaign until the next propaganda arrives. And so from a gameplay perspective, how that made me felt, feel was frustrated, coupled with the frustration of trying to like grasp this new and complex rule set, which is quite sort of difficult to separate those two things and say, okay, you know, it's a meaty rule set and dealing with that, coupled with uh, probably the one thing I hate most about any board game, which is miss a turn. That said, I'm still open-minded about it because I could see what everybody else was doing and the asymmetry in how all the different factions play is incredible. It's off the charts, like all the different things that you're working to achieve. And so we touched on it earlier, you've got four different actions each turn, but each of those can lead to like a secondary action as well. If you can time it that you're allowed to play both of those actions and then if you can sort of combo the first, which might be move, the second can be... Uh, suborn or yeah. cause terror or do an airstrike or you know wipe out a warlord base and those pulling off those combos is where the game shines i think that's like the meat and bones is is getting those cool sort of power moves yeah i think we all had a moment where we managed to turn half of the map our color or wipe out you know about six or seven units of an opposition player in one turn um, and then we had a few turns of like, you know, sitting out or passing, waiting for another turn to come up. Um, the way the the way that your turns are managed is quite a cool mechanic. So the, the event deck will have the four symbols at the top. And that sometimes the warlords will be first, sometimes it'll be the government, sometimes the coalition, sometimes the Taliban. Usually the event will be um, weighted towards that person as well. So you can see which event's coming out, which event's coming out next. And you can kind of try and work out if you're going to pass, if you're going to do a full turn. If you don't get your full turn straight away, then you can do like half a turn, which sometimes feels really like a bit of a punch in the gut. Um, especially if you decide you're going to pass and then you see something coming out. or you, It's it's just incredible at how many points it, this game can make you feel like everything's on the line of this minor decision. You you mentioned earlier in the game, like you said, um, I can't tell. It's so complex. What was it? <laughs> yeah. I can't tell if I'm enjoying it because of how complicated it is. <laughs> exactly. Do you still feel that way it after was, the game's finished? I think so. I think I might have to have a good sleep before I can work <laughs> it out. But there was like literally so much bandwidth of mental capacity is used up during this game that sometimes it's it's difficult to even know if you're doing well that turn or not, <laughs> let alone how you're getting on and how much you're enjoying it. Um, but it's it's constantly evolving, and I think we all had a sort of similar gameplay experience where at the beginning we couldn't do much because we didn't have the resources, but by the end of the game we couldn't really do much because we're all tied up in all the different um, parts of the grids. Yeah, I do know as well in the game that we can actually trade resources with each other there is i think meant to be some discussions going on yeah i think there's meant to between be a lot the groups yeah <laughs> we didn't do that we just kind of got on our own thing and was like i'm doing this lecky took a lot of moves just in silence just stood up and did it and yeah. didn't explain what was happening and we we're looking like trying to work out exactly what he's doing and how many points he's getting and we were like what's what's just happened you know it was like i think there's meant to be probably later on when we get our head around it a bit more there will be a lot more i think one of the examples in the playbook Mm. is um the 
the uh, I think the Tal one of the factions wants I think I think it's the Taliban wants the warlords to pass now so they can take an event, and the warlords are going to pass anyway. So the Taliban says to the warlords, "Well, I'll give you three resources to pass now rather than just passing and getting one." So the so it sweetens yeah. the deal a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, yeah. And we don't, but I think because we don't really know what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We yeah. Don't we really know what to ask for, or we were just in it for ourselves and. But a lot of the time, Dave, you were like, right, well, I'm going to take these resources, Tristan, and do this without mm. any sort of, you know, but next time you can do this or I'll give you something for that. It was just, I'm doing this. And again, America, America yeah, <laughs> there was no like sort of discussions. But I think putting that on now where we didn't really know what was happening, it would have just been another level of complexity that we didn't need mm. really mm. because we were already struggling with well not struggling yeah. but it was just like like mental breakdown sort of struggling <laughs> uh, to, to understand what was happening yeah i think working out the opportunities where that sort of horse trading would benefit us is kind of it's just beyond us at the moment um you can there's a few points when you could kind of see it but you spent so much time to concentrate on what you're gonna do it's, you thought oh is it worth offering two resources to try and get them to take this event or yeah. or the opportunity is just plainly gone before it's even occurred to you yeah and I, and I think because of that as well um when it was somebody's turn there was a lot of thinking going on like pausing and being all right i'm i'm gonna do this and do this and so there was a lot of ended up talking about other things with other players like in between like talking about you know what we're watching and stuff because we're just waiting and waiting when i think in a in like in a in a game where we're really involved there'll be a lot of talking about well next move I want to do this, so why don't you do this? Rather than, you know, yeah, everyday things. I think it was just because it was taking so long for each, for everyone to get, the, to get their turn done. It was just like, so what are you doing this weekend? You know, yeah. it was like that. Because like, you, you want to you try and um, plan your move ahead. Like in, in most games, you want to plan your move while the other player's taking theirs. But because you've got to pay so much attention to what other players are doing on their turn because it impacts you. Um, and not only that, but it changes the board state so much. So much can happen. Yeah in one turn it mm -hmm. might completely change and plus like you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what sort of turn you're going to get because the way that the event cards like bring out the player order you might just be able to you might just have a limited op um and be able to do barely anything you might be forced to pass yeah it just it just depends so you, you are sort of you are on the fly you do need to sort of pay attention yeah but i think it is going to be prone to analysis paralysis because you can't plan your turn in advance because you don't know what's going to happen on your turn and what sort of parameters you're going to have to work within. Yeah, it's, it's not like, it wasn't like it's made in a sort of a bad thing, like, like people were talking about other things. It was just because we, you know, we people were taking so long because they didn't really know what they were going to do next. Yeah. And so there was like long pauses in between goes. It's a bit like, you know, chess. It's just like sitting there, you have to think ahead. You have to think of your turn ahead, yeah. like in chess. And so when that, turn when you think oh, i'm going to do this and then somebody messes it up no inadvertently so you then think right i've got to change it now so then you take longer on your turn mm -hmm. trying to write what was going to happen see right i can do it maybe three turns ahead or something like that so uh once we speed it up i think there'll be more you know discussions in group about what we could do yeah i think you're definitely right about that and i think as well there's a couple of built-in checks to the game as well so i'm not too sure what might have been limiting your factions too much, but I know for the Warlords, you only had 15 gorillas. Um, so because you're trying to place two gorillas in one area to build a base, 
or you're trying to just have enough of a presence in other areas to stop people from gaining control, um, it feels like you can basically you can spread yourself very thinly. I know um, with the coalition forces, you only have a certain amount of um, troops, don't you, that you can spread around, and if any of them die, um, they'll end up just lost forever. Yeah, um, so there's a few things that the game's got built in to stop anyone from kind of running away with any sort of particular strategy. I think that the main thing that stops them is if anyone gets ahead, everybody brings <laughs> yeah. them down. Like There is yeah. like a real sort of kill the, the leader um, aspect of it, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. From yeah. a, I've, I've put the knife in a few times to various different players, and it it feels good. Yeah. Um, but it's it just the sheer amount of um, it's trying to change uh, change the course of an oil tanker. Early at times, it's it takes two or three turns to react to somebody, and that can be time spent pushing towards your own victory conditions. Yeah, I think there's probably a few cards in there that are big, big um, ruiners. I guess for certain groups like this is the second time we've played this the first time we played it very early on Dave got a card which stopped me being able to recruit in Pakistan basically which was where my where I was getting my guys from and that just absolutely crippled me really early on I had I was struggling to recruit and to get guys out there and marching them across and taking places so you know it's there's that as well it's like there can be cards in there that completely ruin you in a whole, like for several turns on as well. So yeah, it's just, it's it's a punishing game. It really is. There's an event card out there called Sandstorm, which um, for the Warlords, if you get that event, it basically stops most movement from all the other factions until the next propaganda card comes out. Yeah, yeah. So the propaganda cards act as milestones, which will allow you to redeploy troops and reset the game state to a certain extent, allow you to get a load of resources back, depending on certain conditions. And you could have... Win. Yeah, yeah, yeah and win. That's when the victory checks are made, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So you can have, um, you know, six event cards can come out between propagandas, or like happened this evening, about 15 cards or it could be you know depending on how it's shuffled as little as two um so if that event card comes out the right time for the warlords and then they pick up that event and leverage it to their advantage they can really try and pull the win off if it comes out the right time and there must be so many more for different factions as well how do you think it compares to other games that we've played like of its type sort of like game of thrones and those sort of big area control type games. Oh, I, don't think, stars. I don't think I've played anything like this anywhere near as much. It's um, it, it's a very strange game from my point of view because it is a war game, but it's set up like almost like a political simulator. So like you're saying Game of Thrones. Definitely. Less backstabbing for us this time around um, because we weren't like horse trading and prom- you know, making promises that we blatantly weren't going to fulfill. Um but what was nice about this was by the time that we were getting towards the end of the game, it did feel as though we were looking at this complex political mechanism where I could see what everyone's motivations were behind certain actions, where they're probably going to go to next. And then just realizing that I'm pretty much useless to stop them on most fronts. <laughs> um, I managed to steal some um, borders away from Jack in the last turn, I think, as a bit of a... Um, take that for taking mine away but it didn't really help <laughs> revenge me as a motivation yeah exactly um but i was spread so thinly across the entire board without recruiting people to help me out which it was too late in the game to do anyway i couldn't have done a lot about it but um i had so many resources i probably could have maybe 
got someone on, on board with me. Flying away with every resource. Yeah, well, I had a lot of drug farms to look after. Dave, you've probably got the most experience of war games amongst us. How do you think it compares to other war games that you've played? Um, I really, really like the system. I can really like the system, and I would play any coin game, I think, if somebody sort of sprung it on me, I'd be like, yeah, play that. That'd be good. Um, we talked about complexity earlier, didn't we? Um, and how sort of the simpler it sort of brings it brings an appreciation for the sort of simpler things which i think game of thrones probably falls under that um i think there's room for both i, I do like this and the time that it took us i mean we, we only played three propaganda rounds before the win and it was what about five hours nearly five hours yeah um there was a lot of like learning in that and we were distracted earlier on um like jackie said we were sort of talking and then sort of like snapping back to it and, and it is a game that takes it does sort of take that focus. Uh, I don't know. I really like it. It's, it's it's made me think. Like I've watched nothing but sort of videos on Afghanistan this weekend. Like just and and thematically everything snaps into place. Like Volko. I mean, it did in Labyrinth. Like everything works thematically. Um, what would I, what would what would we compare it to? I don't think there is anything. It feels like a counterinsurgency. It feels like you're just slamming your head against a brick wall. You're not getting anywhere. And I think, I think as far as the coalition goes, um, I think probably I only won by luck. I only won because the card that came before the propaganda allowed me to get all the troops out. So for the for the rest of the game, it just felt like I was just walking through treacle. Yeah. No, I think you're right in in terms of what we've played. Anyway, there's not much to compare it to. Game of Thrones is probably a bad example. It's the first one I thought of that's like different armies competing and stuff. But Forbidden, actually, Forbidden Stars is asymmetric. Yeah, um, similar sort of. Well, no, again, really, yeah, <laughs> no, Forbidden Stars it, yeah. is similar to Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, distant plane. Literally, the only thing I played like it is is Labyrinth, mm. and um, and obviously it's GMT, so it's similar pieces. The pieces Na- are great. Navajo the map Wars is great. You played Navajo Wars? No, you keep threatening to bring it, but I've not played it yet. Is it good? Not really anything like a distant plane. I don't know why I said that. It's, it's, just, it's a game. It's by GMT. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, the map's really good. The pieces are, are great. They're all clearly defined. You know who's who. Um, there's lots of wood, so it deceives you into thinking it's a euro. But as Dave rightly pointed out, it it, it ain't no euro. No, as um, far from euro as it gets. And it's a very thematic implementation of like a, a, an impossible conflict. So in that respect, I think it's uh, you know it, it's it's a monumental achievement. Um, but it, I think it's also one. But considering we play almost a new game every week, this is the kind of game that would benefit mostly from people who are going to play it a lot like war gamers who are compelled by the theme and you know want to switch the factions around and play it a few times and also pick up the speed of it and maybe see four or five or six propaganda cards uh like i said this is my first war game and i did enjoy it but i think for me theme is a big thing i think i'd prefer cuba libre because i quite like the whole, you know, narcos. Narcos, yeah, well, a, a big and, narcos and, fan. Andy and Abyss is the the narcos one, I think. Cuba oh, Libre is, is Cuba. Cuba. Yeah. I, I was quite interested in that one as well. I think, mm. yeah. There's a few. What, um, what else is it? I want, um, I want the Vietnam one, the Vietnam one. But apparently, that's yeah, apparently that's one like, of the heaviest again. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe I would go for a sort of um, simpler one like Cuba Libre. Yeah, the theme, like I said, is a big thing for me, and I, I am interested in the Afghan War, but I think I'd rather 
play the Andean Abyss. Is that the yeah the Narcos, the Narcos one? Sort of, yeah. yeah. Um, just because I'm quite interested in that. You like Narcos? I like Narcos. Sure. It's my favourite program. <laughs> and uh, the uh, that Pena. Ooh, oh, what yes. a dish! Oh yes, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I would like to try that one definitely. But it was it was good. And you know me, I would not normally do a war game. Mm. It's just not my not my thing. But it was okay. Yes, it gets a thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> like a like a small thumb. Not yeah. all the way. <laughs> apart, from, um... apart from a couple of event cards, where, you know, to do with drones and reapers and stuff and troop redeployment. They really come up, did they? Yeah, it's more. It's more like um, a lot of the events revolve around like the side effects and symptoms of war, mm. as opposed to you know, here's more tanks, here's mm. more troops. So it doesn't. It it doesn't always feel straight up like a war game. It feels more like a political intrigue. You. You're doing your best to work with the resources available. It's, it's a modern war game, which is mostly political, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And re- resources are very vague. It's they're referred to as resources, they're not referred to as troops or um, bullets or people or um, you know drugs or whatever. Yeah. And the 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 government can siphon its resources into its own coffers yeah, and force favors. It's really cynical as far yeah. as like the. Uh, and, and and I think, um, I'm not sure if Fire in the Lake's the same, the, the one about Vietnam, where I think they're quite cynical again about the, uh, the sort of the Viet Cong and the NVA, but I um, don't know where I'm going with that. Just, just getting a bit political there, Dave. A bit political, we'll, we'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. <laughs> it does, it does I, th- I feel like it does sort of look at the coalition through sort of rose-coloured glasses, because they are, their whole thing is, oh, we want support for the government and then we want to get home. Um, whereas the government apparently just want to control everybody. And I think like even the Taliban, like even the Taliban aren't painted in such sort of bad light as the government. It is almost as if the government are like the, the bad guys in this, in this particular game. It's a bit close to the bone, isn't it? Considering mm. the nature of the conflict. I and suppose. it's still ongoing. Like, yeah. Well, that's so, the thing. It's like labyrinth, isn't it? And yeah. it, the, the, those kinds of games that could be a trigger button for people who are perhaps sensitive to this sort of game. We don't care. Uh, that's probably excludes our group. Not that we're politically insensitive, but it's just it's a compelling and interesting conflict. It's not as bad it? as Nazis, is it? Or is it? I don't know. That's a, that's a future topic. I don't know. We'll cut, that. We'll cut that as well. I suppose it is seen as a controversial game because it's got terrorism in it. You know, you do and one terror player has to play the Taliban. You can't not have a game without the Taliban. Yeah. And it's you, like the labyrinth. And you're, yeah. you're uh, spreading Sharia, you know, and terrorizing you know in gaining opposition for yeah, the action isn't the called government. like the action isn't like convert yeah. or or, or whatever it's, it's literally yeah. called terrorize yeah and i have special uh things i can get with events those ieds and you know yeah. you know it's like it doesn't sugarcoat it at all it's just like yeah this is what they do and yeah. this is what you have to do. You have to do this to win. It is, it, it's coming from sort of the Taliban and the warlord even's point of view. It seems quite unbiased, but from the government, it's just really like... Yeah, the government does seem like the hardest, like we said, it's the hardest role probably to no, play. No, but in. I mean, it, it really sort of paints them in a bad light. Yeah, that as like, well, yeah. Because they're just there, they just paints them as this corrupt sort of body that just wants control and... Yeah, and in each, in each I think, to be mentioned in each, uh, after each propaganda round... If you put down three soldiers and police, was it um, Afghani's police? They 
three of them go away or something. Oh yeah, the government troops are constantly deserting. They're constantly deserting. Constantly and leaving. They're easily they're um, open for bribes from the warlords. The, the, the Taliban, Taliban can um, convert them, and yeah. then they yeah. So they then they gain. Guys. Really, it's a really yeah. in, but this is how interesting it is. This is why I like asymmetric games in general. But here, it, I think it, it's just it's done so well. Like the government does look completely different. I feel like even from from the coalition, the coalition can do what they want when they want, but they've not got very many men. Whereas you would think that the insurgent factions, both of them, uh, would 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 be sort of the polar opposite of that. But I think the government is actually like the polar opposite of of the, the coalition in this game. Whatever the political leanings of the designers, it's obviously very well researched. Um, and they have a cool little booklet as well with all the history notes mm. in. So every single card in the game is based on a real-life event and can be played to the benefit of either sort of, um, well, any of the factions, depending on who plays that event, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah, so the work that's gone into it is pretty incredible and the results are are pretty spectacular as well, but it's definitely not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> you have to be committed. I think uh, I think this is a Saturday game. I think this is like an all-day rather than a weeknight yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> this is like a this is like a sort of put aside a good old day and a load of beer. Yeah, you need the beer to yeah. to counter the headache that you yeah. get from <laughs> just playing the game. <laughs> it's it's not a we've just had dinner. What shall we do to pass the time? Sort of activity. It's not a Christmas on, game. <laughs> Don't get it out at Christmas time with the granny. Yeah. You could get it out at Christmas time. To be honest, you'll be spending so much time reading through the rule book that <laughs> you might finish it by new year. one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, summary opinions. Yeah, like I said, uh, good. Yeah, it's. I'd probably want to try the lighter versions though instead. Definitely first. I would have preferred them first. I think. Yeah, I um, I had, I think I had a good time playing it. It's just it took it just takes an it's a it takes up an awful lot of concentration and you just have to be in that mental headspace to really get the most out of it. I think. Um, It'll be interesting to play it again as different factions, see what we get out of it. And it'll be interesting to see as well how much more of a game we get out of it in terms of like player interaction, how much the coalition forces and the government forces do or don't team up anymore or any less, how we see that dynamic come out. Similar with the Warlords and Taliban, if we see the um, Warlords making any sort of um, deals with the government in order to, you know, to get a few extra resources here or there it'll be interesting to see I think it was a it felt to me like a, a progression from Labyrinth I know I mentioned it a few times now um, but looking back it took me about three sit downs with the rule books and then three solo playthroughs to pick up Labyrinth um, so the fact that we've sort of staggered through this four of us all trying to pick it up at once um, makes me think yeah definitely I'd like to play it again as a different side um, and see how it plays and give it some more thought and uh, more test running. Yeah, it's, it needs more. Um, all it needs is more sessions, doesn't it? Really, we, like just run it, run its legs out, see how far the game goes, and what we can really do with it. Now we're familiar with the rule set. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a lot in the box um, just for like what can happen. Like we we had no idea what we were doing. Like the game itself is quite simple. Like we said, it's it's. It's, it's not. No, it's, it's, it's not that. There's a lot of like exceptions and and faction specific exceptions as well. Like the, everyone does something different, but the actual what you can do from turn to turn, it's not that 
hard, but it's knowing how to do what you want to do via those actions. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. It, is, um, it made me think a lot between playing our first game and playing the second game tonight. I was thinking about it. Like, and it's not many games that make me sort of have made me think like that. Just try and just try and figure them out. Uh, I do think it was a really probably not the best introduction to the coin games, but then now I, I, I guess now we've sort of done one. Yeah, the rest. How hard yeah. can the others be? And I feel like this is one of those games as well where you probably could like put it aside for quite a long time, come back to it, and not have a difficult time picking it up. Yeah, it's not. It's not something you'd easily forget a game like that. You'd be yeah. like, oh yeah, this game. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Like, I, f- I feel like the rules aren't. I feel like they're sort of there. <laughs> now, yeah. And they, yeah. Like we talked about, it's, it's not an intuitive game, but everything makes sense thematically, which is weird. Because yeah. it's just not intuitive. Like if you want to do something, you've got to do it's like strange steps to do it, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I do feel like I could pick it up again quite quickly. Yeah. And I don't think we mentioned, did we, that the coalition won? In the end, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. So that's good, right? Well done, <laughs> Well, I mean, they were the good guys, right? So yeah, it makes you see them in a bit of a different light, doesn't it? Yeah. No more politics. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, the uh, the coalition operation good guys really uh, came, came through at the end. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what everyone else's opinions of the coin games are, which games you've played and how they went. Uh, if you want to put on the board shit list Facebook group or just um, pop your comments in the SoundCloud or iTunes stuffs. We'll be back next week with more games and um, we'll be at UK Games Expo uh, in the next few weeks as well. So looking forward to seeing you there. And that's goodbye from us. Bye. 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 Bye.